Happy New Year to you and your family. Also, I want to say thank you to the session for the invitation to preach on the first Sunday of 2021. And then my last point is to say thank you for providing such wonderful ways, gifts to put into our stockings that we gave out to well over a hundred of our international friends over the course of December. And you really provided a way that in the uniqueness and the difficulties of celebrating Christmas, opening your door and finding a stocking filled with gifts and candy, it made an impact they would have never made in any other year. And so thank you for responding to the need uh, to bless and the opportunity to bless the nations. I did the, I'm going to put this in a prayer letter in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to give snippets of the messages that Caroline and I and our family received from students. And I want people to hear and read how much it meant. But if you never see this letter, it was amazing to see that people would empty the stocking and they would arrange it and not, not in a way I would, but just everything spread out and they would send pictures back home of what they received. It's just, just beautiful. And the nations were blessed. As you can see from the reflections, you can kind of have a little diary of where I live my life sometimes. Star Wars 9 uh, did not excite me when I heard it was coming out because Star, Star Wars 8, in my opinion, was such a drag. And it wasn't until a month ago that I watched it. And I have to say, even if you're not a Star Wars person, you know Star Wars is such, uh, has such a massive footprint in popular culture. And part of what always attracted me about Star Wars from 1977, sitting in the theater watching the first one, was the benediction, the force to be with you. I, I, outside of the church, I don't know another institution that has so much benediction to it where you want to put good words on people that are outside of yourself. Good words that people need that are bigger than everything. And Star Wars does that. George Lucas, or as it is with Star Wars 9, J.J. Abrams, tap into, whether it's, in, you know, I don't know these men, I don't know what makes them tick. I understand there is a worldview, a, religi a religious belief woven deeply into Star Wars about balance between good and evil, between the, the Jedi and the Sith. And there's harmony when there's that balance. The gospel rejects that. But the need for something bigger than us, that's the gospel. And it resonates. And so J.J. Abrams in his craft understands us understands a message that is going to whether it's just a secular thing for him that's just going to turn a profit is star wars a profit making machine absolutely 
but it taps into the very deep core of what it means to be a human being in this world. I need something bigger, more powerful in love and presence than myself, than my family, than my bank account, than my curriculum vitae, than my degrees on the wall, than my children, whatever it may be. And so the scene with Ray on her back, totally overwhelmed by the by being a Palpatine, by the power of her grandfather, just just basically at the end, and she's lying there, she's watching the Emperor's power go up into this into the heavens to take down the rebel fleet. If you haven't seen this movie, it's you know, you should have too bad. So I'm giving it away. And she's overwhelmed with this, but she's crying out, be with me. Be with me. Be with me. Be with me. And what happens is all of the the Jedi, it's a Jedi uh, reunion, and all of these people who are Jedi that you remember from back to 1977 start speaking into her life and start encouraging her and telling her, you're, you are all of us and the forces with you, et cetera, et cetera. And she's able to get up and do her thing and, and push back against Emperor Palpatine. And I just, I was overwhelmed with that because what I face as a 55 year old man, what you face, what our, our international students face, what the world faces is overwhelming. And Jesus embodies in the love of the Father, finally in the end, at the, at the time when it was right, brings the Son, born of a woman, to be with us. God takes flesh, or as someone said, love takes flesh to be with us. Always. God, as he knows us, taps into the fundamental reality of our need beyond what we can even imagine and, and, and seals that through the resurrection of his son from the dead. So Matthew has been like a go-to place for me in December as well. And Matthew starts out with a genealogy and then it spins to Joseph in his need in the crushing weight of his fiance's pregnancy. The nuclear bomb of that, that she has been in, in the arms of another man. Yet being a noble man, Joseph wanted to divorce her quietly, probably to save her life because she would be guilty of adultery. And the angel of the Lord comes to him. And this is, this is so typical of what God does, as he, even in the, in the reading, the Old Testament reading, for Abram to leave home and, and, to, and to really just travel to another world, basically, and all the promises that God made to Abram, we are living there. But the angel, and God through the angel told Joseph, this is from me. This is absolutely my child. 
You marry this woman, you be with this woman, and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He is Emmanuel. He is the embodiment of a promise made back in the, in the days of the Old Testament kings, King Ahaz. This is Emmanuel. This is literally God with us. And that's the beginning, that's the beginning of Matthew. And then it stretches, and that's what the word always means in Hebrew. It means to stretch. And that promise stretches all the way now to Matthew 28, as you heard. Jesus saying to his disciples before he has ascended into heaven, some of them are filled with doubt. It's another crushing time. It's a, when, you, when you have doubts, you're, you're kind of turning in all kinds of directions, restless and unsettled. And Jesus gives basically the blueprint of, of what he's going to do to build his church. And it's overwhelming. And to leap home and go to a place like Samaria is overwhelming. And to live in a place like Athens, Athens at this time is overwhelming. And it's not just that Jesus says, I will be with you always. But he says, surely, absolutely, without question. I will be with you always. What happens in the span of Matthew? That we have Jesus who saves us from our sins, Emmanuel, and then Jesus basically telling his disciples and us, Emmanuel, this is Emmanuel, I'm Emmanuel. One of the scenes that hits us in Matthew is the baptism of Jesus. And it is such a beautiful picture of God with us. I know, and this has been said in this pulpit before, and you've thought this before, if anybody in Athens knew what I'm like on the inside, knew my heart, knew my thoughts, knew my motives, knew my, what makes me gnash my teeth or whatever it be, knew my idols, no one would be, everyone would be. One Chinese pastor was talking about, you know, being married means that you kind of know about like 50% of the other person. I'm not sure it's that quite that high, but God knows 100%. And that's where grace abounds. Sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Jesus being baptized is his way, only way, to say, I am identified with the sinner. John did not want, he's like, Jesus, I think you've got this mixed up. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, we're going to do this. Because the name of the sinner is going to be placed on me. So that one day, for all eternity, through my work on the cross, the name of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit will be placed upon you. For now the sinner, for all eternity, on you. Baptism, and baptism is in Matthew 28. Baptism, among other things, as I've learned, is a naming ceremony. You will baptize them. Whoever them is, it could be a Jew, it could be a Greek, it could be a Samaritan, 
It could be a, it's a man, it's a woman, it's a baby, it's, 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 it's whomever. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a naming ceremony where the name of Adam is taken off and the name of the Trinity is put on. It is your identity. It is Emmanuel. When you read these stories about Jesus, one of the things, and I know you've heard this before, and that's what makes being a resurrection or a gospel preaching church so special, is that the work of the things, so many things that are not clear to me, the work of Jesus is in God's kindness through the Holy Spirit. And you see what God with us means. And you see that Jesus is so well named that he will save us from our sins because Jesus comes to pay the debt of our sin. That's what we call being justified, being legally right with God. Because everybody out there at some level, if their conscience, if God has not removed their conscience and saying, I want to be clean, they know they need it. How can I be clean? And the presence of Jesus goes on because at that moment of being born again, you are justified. You are adopted into God's family. This is God with us in a family way. If all Jesus does is pay the debt of our sins and exchanges his substitutionary work with us, God's not your father. You're legally right, but he's not your father. But in the gospel, in the God with us gospel, you are. You are brought right into God's family. Dearly loved children. You are also sanctified. We experience that in real time. But in the view of God, we are changed. We are set apart and made His. It is divine. We're just going through the motions. Not the motions, we're just going through the putting sin to death and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ experience. Absolutely necessary. And then we are made glorious. That is fixed, that is set. And the day when Jesus returns, our body and soul will be brought together with him in the air, and we will be made right in the twinkling of an eye. We will be made like the glorious body of Jesus. That is God with us. It is an amazing gospel. It is an amazing person who is unfolding this gospel day after day after day. And he deeply works in us so that he can deeply work in the world. And I will leave you with this. Take five more minutes. The focus here in Matthew 28 is both Emmanuel and mission. And I have found, I have, I have, I have been blessed to, live, to, to travel around the world. I lived in Japan four and a half years. 
and watching God do amazing work and then living with the world at UGA. It is, it is a joy. It is messy. Is it ever messy and scary and, and unpredictable? Yet our calling is to take this Jesus and he's going to go with us and love us in the mission of his passion to bless the world so that other people in other places will look at other people in those places and layer on them the same Jesus that we know who walks with us, who shepherds us, who's with us. Star Wars is not a U.S. phenomenon. It is an international phenomenon because there is a real connection to the gospel. And I don't know what God is going to unfold in 2021. It's not my business to know. We have promises from God, as Corey Ten Boom said, let God's promises shine on our problems. Well, we have problems, and let's shine the promises of God there. But we do know this, we know this for sure, that whatever happens, we are loved by God in Christ. And that is our defining relationship above everything else, that Jesus literally, his body was stretched on the cross to save us from our sins. And that wherever you go, you are on his mission. If you're in the ICU this year, if you're downtown eating at your favorite place or going to your favorite bar, whatever it is you do downtown, or if you're on campus, or when you're at home with a screaming baby, it's mission. It's, it's presence and it's mission. So as God walks with resurrection, I know there's so much desire and proper desire about being in East Athens and all, the, all that you want to do that God has put on your plate. He is with you, surely, absolutely with you. And he will unfold this blessing of the nations that is deeply, deeply, passionately on his heart. So let me pray as we will soon experience another aspect of Emmanuel with the Lord's Supper. Father, thank you that no matter what happens, nothing can separate us from the love you have for us in Jesus Christ. A sword can't do it. A bullet can't do it. Disease can't do it. An angel can't do it. A demon can't do it. Nothing in heaven can do it. You really, page after page in the Bible, want to argue with us and argue us down that you love us and in Christ you have forgiven us and that you are sending us with this message, with this with this love to a world in darkness and fear and should be afraid. So thank you for another testimony of your faithfulness, of your presence, and what you are what you're doing. And 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 give us 
an increasing faith in you. An increasing hope in you. A living hope in you. Eyes open to how, how the gospel is true. Eyes open to the people around us who are like sheep without a shepherd. And eyes open that you, we don't go alone into those times with people. You are taking us into the world. So bless resurrection in 2021. The elders, deacons, the women who carry the heavy load so much of the time, little children here, bless your people. Use your people. Administer the gospel through your people to all the souls around us. In Jesus' name.